So he stood me up again. Aw, no, he didn't. Well, I love him. But what, what does he do for you? He does lots of things. But what has he done for you lately? Look, it's rock and roll. And cue music. Give me a beat. I can learn to like this. Listen up. So much for the headphone idea. It was good while it lasted. Well, these headphones, they stood me up, Brent. They crapped out. There you go. But I still love them. These but what have they done for you lately? <laughs> this is going to be weird. It's going to be a weird episode. Yeah. Because I'm totally, I think what we should leave in your, uh, your mic check where you were doing that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I definitely should have pounded a shot before starting this episode. <laughs> The Bloody Mary will do. Did you sample any of the meat, or is it still resting? It's resting. You can't cut into a brisket while it's resting. You just you cut into meat when it's hot, and then you just lose all the steam. All that steam that comes uh-huh. out of there, there's all your moisture just going into the fucking air. Oh. You're just ruining it. Follow me for more advice. I feel like I could do a barbecue podcast, maybe. Yeah, weren't show. you going to do like a gardening one, too? Yeah, <laughs> a gardening one. Uh, that'd be awesome, except I clearly don't know that much about gardening, so... <laughs> it would force me to up my game and maybe learn a fucking thing or two, but I don't know. Because I haven't really learned much doing this, I still uh, don't read into the facts and do much detailed digging. Yeah. When we do these episodes, I just shoot from the hip and talk a bunch of shit, so. See, but here's the thing, though, with that. You at least, like, you sound very confident as a speaker on here, but I'm more like, oh, well, oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, I lack the confidence or oh. something. Yeah, I'm confident in my ability to just be wrong. I'm fine with being wrong yeah. and saying something. Like, I'll just be like, yeah, you know what? Fucking Vince Neil totally sang with Pantera one time. <laughs> you know? He was the original lead singer for Pantera. Oh, dang. Well, yeah. I believe see? it. See, you're I looking mean, at me I all convincingly. Like, I know. Yeah, see? It's the liquid courage here, but... uh you sounded like those like memes that you see on like Facebook where it's what like Lars Ulrich and then it's got a quote from somebody else and then it's attributed to like a third person. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like uh yeah, Lars. It'll say like yeah. Lars Ulrich, guitar player for KISS. Yeah. And then it'll be like a quote from like, I don't know, Tommy Lee or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Always good stuff. The old internet, man. Sometimes it uh actually is fucking awesome. A lot of the times it's terrible, but you got to figure, like, we wouldn't be able to do this if it wasn't for the internet, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. You know? True. We'd have to get, like, a fucking radio. We'd have to set up, like, a radio station down here. That'd be kind of cool. You want to do that? Like pirate radio? <laughs> I can't even get the fucking headphones to work. Yeah. On a brand new fucking audio interface that I just bought. Like, <laughs> I'm clearly not smart enough to fucking broadcast out of my basement, so. Well, I don't know anything about radio station stuff either. I just show up and I hit on. And the engineers got everything all set up. So, yeah, I mean. Well, see, I would fuck that up, clearly. So, <laughs> got all this other shit going on over there. All this yeah. fancy, smanchy, schmancy, whatever I'm trying to say. Shit. Just one fucking headphone jack will yeah. not work. So, and then I couldn't find, I was like, well, that's no problem. I have a four channel headphone preamp that. I can just hook that up and just run the two sets of headphones out of that. And then it's like, I can't even, now I can't find that. I fucking lose everything. I'll probably like buy a new one and then find that one. Oh, shit. So 
Yeah, but you're also in the midst of, like, you know, like you said, cooking and stuff, too. Well, yeah. Not really. There's nothing on the grill right now. <laughs> Brisket's resting and still yeah. has about, you know, four hours of resting to do, so. I'm mean, oh, not really doing it. in with I a am, pillow. I am going to, yeah, I am going to cook some more, though. I am pretty excited to cook a smoked street corn dip. Oh, oh shit. Pretty excited about that. Man, you guys love your dips. Well, yeah, I saw a video the other day. It was like somebody sharing a TikTok video because I don't have TikTok, but sometimes I see these little TikToks on people's Instagram or whatever. Oh, yeah, like reels or and, something. Yeah, and I was like, dude, that looks fucking good. Hmm. So I like looked up the recipe and made a list of shit for Courtney to get at the store. Like, you must buy this and I'm going to make this. Right on. So we're going to eat like kings today. I yeah. want you to know that. Anyhow, <laughs> we got more random shit because you can't see it. But Brent has a shirt. It is Ugly Kid Joe, who we just saw in concert a few weeks ago. Fuck yeah. Well, just shy of two weeks. It was awesome, though. Like, honestly, I've never listened to much Ugly Kid Joe before, and I really wanted to, but then I was like, like I don't know, so sidetracked with other stuff. So I was like, maybe I'll almost go in fresh, and I'll right. get more like blown away, you know, by just... In the moment. And yeah, dude, like, I really walked away from that show, like, and I looked it up, and I really dig the, um, I think, Menace to Sobriety album. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite. I mean, that that record, fucking hands down, is just the shit. Yeah. To back. Shannon Larkin joined the band and replaced the original drummer on that one. And oh, wow. It just, like, raised, I think, just the level of musicianship yeah. and songwriting and everything just went up a notch. So... Yeah, dude, I mean, and that one, you know, that record was totally underappreciated when it came out. There were, like, a couple hits, a couple videos, but, like, hmm. you never really saw them on MTV, you know, unless you caught them, like, late, like, on Headbangers Ball or something, but oh, okay. they weren't, like, in heavy rotation, like, the stuff from the previous album and EP, you know? I mean, those videos, everything about you was obviously, like, huge when it came out, you know? It was, like, an MTV hit, and I got the cassette for Easter. <laughs> I was pretty much, yeah, so I became like a lifelong fan after that, man. I had that cassette and just wore it the fuck out, and then the full album came out, and they put out that Cats in the Cradle cover, which I loved. I never really go back and listen to that one much, but it was cool to see it, like, see them do it live. I was like, yeah, I forgot how great their version of the song was, because it was really fucking cool. So they exceeded my expectations from a live standpoint, though, because I didn't really... I haven't seen much live videos and stuff of them, and the ones I have have just been like shitty cell phone footage and mostly from festivals too i think the audio was never good enough to really be able to tell how good they sounded live and then oh sure i was blown away though i mean fuck they sounded so good i was like shit i did not expect them to be this good live and you know for whitfield crane to be like as old as he is i mean he's not super old but he's probably 55 if i had to guess they were young when they broke but he's got to be in his mid 50s yeah because i mean i'm 42 going back 30 had, uh, some years yeah, yeah i was like you know, eight when that record came out. Eh, it was nineteen ninety, so I was like nine years old. So he had to be like ten years older than me at least. So I mean he's yeah, he's gotta be like I would guess fifty five. But and to sing like the way he sings with a lot of that rasp, you know, is the fucking real deal. I guess that's all he does though, right? <laughs> so here's something I wanted to ask you, because you're saying you like Menace to Sobriety too. Do you get like a Skid Row kind of sound from that too? Because some of those songs almost kind of sound like, I'm not saying like the high Sebastian Bach vocals, I just mean more like, what's that, like the Chain Gang song and some of their kind of like, almost like punkier right. kind of like metal sounds. Yeah. 
It almost kind of reminds me of that in a little bit. Kind of the same era, almost. Yeah, I mean, it went up in heaviness compared to the first record. It definitely went more metal, but yeah. But then it had some great fucking uh, ballads too, like "Cloudy Skies" is just a fucking great song. That candle song at the end is fucking great. I mean, I don't know what a milkman's son is, but I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, that's a great song. Um, but yeah, fuck. I guess we should maybe just revisit that down the road. Do yeah. an ugly kid Joe episode. I think I would be down for one. Yeah. Maybe not at the time. Give you more, uh, but yeah, like more do prep. more homework. Though. Yeah, because I mean, I could be ready for that tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I probably have an easier time with that than this current one. I mean, so fast forward, like you know, the following Saturday after we went and saw Ugly Kid Joe, I went up to Tinley Park and saw Janet Jackson, which is today's topic. So here we are now. Yeah. So you know, that was uh, chaos. There were so many fucking people. It was just crazy. Took our uber over an hour to get to the venue oh shit from our hotel it was only four miles away because isn't the hotel basically like you got to go through some neighborhood but the hotels are like right on the other side of that neighborhood yeah it's like right across the uh interstate and so look yeah traffic was backed up where the road goes over i-80 there like yeah dude i timed it at one point it took us over a half hour to go a quarter mile oh shit and we we got all the way up to the road that turns into the entrance of the venue, and yeah. they started turning traffic away and would not let any more cars come. And so our Uber driver turns down this other road, and I'm like, wait, 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 hold the fuck on. Like, how are you going to get us there? Well, there is a road up here that, you know, but yeah. I got to go all the way up and around. I go, fuck that. We're getting out and walking. See, it's almost like a square or something, because it's like, I've kind of noticed if you go this way through that neighborhood, and you got to kind of come that way, like you're saying, over the highway, and it comes in this way. But then there's also, like, something I found that's a back way to get in there to the back of the parking lot. Right. But then I think there's another way, too. But Yeah, it's like, dude, I you'd will really, never... If they turn you around, you'd literally have to go all the way around this way and kind of... It's like, fuck that. Like, next time, I will just walk. Like, we'll just get an Uber there. We get stuck in traffic again. It's like, fuck this. Let's get out just finished the walk you know we got to the uber lot where they were uh where they do all the uber pickups and yeah you know they have that special little lot that's across the street there and the guy running it was like yeah they're not gonna let any ubers or cabs in here until all these people leave like all these cars got to be out of the parking lot before they're gonna let any ubers in i was like oh shit i was like well fuck you we're walking like Shit, because I haven't been there in a while, but yeah, they don't let anybody come down those roads. It's yeah. all, like, out. So we just walked, man, like, probably two miles or so to uh, TGI Fridays, and then I got a Uber within five minutes. Not even. I mean, it was like the guy was already there in the lot. Oh, shit. And he was like, yeah, I ain't fucking going near that shit. And so I'm yeah. like, well, that really sucks for the people that are standing there yeah. in that lot. If they're just waiting on an Uber, like, they probably didn't get one till 2 in the morning, you know, and the show got out at 11. I've never seen anything like it. They were parking cars, like, on the side of the street because the lot was so overfilled. Damn. Yeah, dude. It was nuts. I mean, it was, like, fucking insane. Great show, though. I mean, you know, I don't regret it. I regret not getting seats because I wish I just would have had a better view, I guess. But it was still enjoyable. I mean, shit, she played for, you know, two hours. Dude, I was going to ask you about that. I thought it looked like there was like almost 40 songs or something, but were they more like medleys and they just (laughs) kind of flowed into the next? But still, though, that's like... Yeah, it was 40 songs. I can't even think of one that she did. Well, the ballad, again, from the self-titled album, you know, I think she did that one in its entirety.
Although, she had, like, the fucking crowd sing most of the song. I guess it probably gives her a little bit of a break, too, because is she, like, dancing and singing the whole time? Yeah. And dude, yeah. she legit sang. I mean, I'm sure there were parts where she wasn't, because some of the songs where she's dancing a lot, like, definitely had, like, another vocal track there that she's probably just kind of singing around, yeah. you know, or with, or however you want to say it. But, I mean, most of the time, dude, it was like, no, she's really singing. Like, that wasn't a perfect note. That was, like, kind of just a smidge out, you know? It's whatever. I mean, people probably don't really fucking care. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, as far as that kind of shit goes. I wanted to ask, when did you kind of become aware of Janet Jackson, or uh, get into Janet? Well, I was awfully young. Get into Janet? (laughs) Well, I'd like to, but anyhow, very early on. Like, I mean, I was a kid, and she was, like, one of the biggest stars on MTV, you know? Like, Control and Rhythm Nation coming out. I can remember the videos from both those albums was oh, being yeah. played all the time. I mean, especially Rhythm Nation. The fucking record was huge when it came out. I mean, those songs just never weren't on MTV. Like, you couldn't turn MTV or VH1 on and not see those videos. And for years. I mean, that album had, like, a long fucking lifespan. Yeah, like, the whole thing was almost a single. Like, every song almost. I know. And, you know, I'll say this, and maybe I'm gonna offend some people and piss some people off, but Rhythm Nation, I put it above Thriller. I think it's a better record front to back. I think I would too, but I think we've talked about this when we did the Prince and Michael Jackson thing. There's that The Girl Is Mine song too. Yeah, that ruins it. So, But I also think, not to take away from Thriller, but I think it's almost a little bit more dated because it still had some of this holdover from like disco or something like right. disco didn't just end you know like when the 70s ended some of the no, early I mean, 80s the trend of it that. might have but there was a lot of influence that carried over and i think i think rhythm nation is a little bit more like that sounds like fresh today like it, yeah. it still has a modern kind of sound yeah it's to it. still like its own thing i don't know yeah. if there's another record that sounds like that i mean yeah. there are in certain aspects of it but that album sounds like that album, and that's pretty much it. But it's hard not to compare Michael to Janet. Well, I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, he was the biggest superstar on the fucking earth, you know, in the early 80s with Thriller and Bad and all that, you know. Even yeah. even when fucking Dangerous came out, it was like the guy could take a shit and it would fucking go platinum. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, he just, you think about his career in the 80s into the 90s, he didn't put albums out. He only had, you know. Yeah, like the... Well, he only had in a, that whole stretch of his solo career. I mean, he had Off the Wall and Thriller and Bad. And I mean, what, Thriller and Bad, there was like a three or four year. Yeah, those were the only two, I think, in the 80s. Time period, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there was, and then Dangerous didn't come out for... Like 91 yeah, or something. so it was like another four years. He wasn't pumping them out back to back to back. Of course, he probably toured on them for fucking years yeah. and was selling out everywhere. But there's not a huge body of work for as long as he was around. You know, for his yeah. as far as his solo career goes. So not to compare Janet to him, it's like, yeah, I mean, she was the little baby sister that came along kind of later, and her first two records didn't do shit, really. I mean, and then Control came out, and she fucking blew up, you know? Rhythm yeah. Nation came out, and it was like, holy fuck, she's almost on par being as big of a star as uh, Michael, you know? Yeah. Just took her a little longer to get there, I guess, but... But yeah, now I mean, I'm all grown up. Yeah. No, she's, I mean, look, man, she was the shit. Still is. That show was great. She was still a fucking killer. I still think she's sexy as fuck. I don't <laughs> care. She's 57 years old now, and I would still leave Courtney tomorrow for her. So, <laughs> But no, I mean, in all seriousness, though, it was like one of my lifelong crushes. I mean, like, because you got to figure, like, when all those songs came out, like, I'm a young kid, and you crush on these fucking girls that was like, her, Paula Abdul, and Susanna Hoffs from the Bengals, you yeah. know, it was like, 
those three were just, I don't know, they were just the three that I recognized and was kind of, you know, in love with as a kid, right? (laughs) And had my little childhood crush. I fell in love with her before I even would have known what to do with her. So (laughs) (laughs) I was was young and you couldn't fucking get away from her. She was all over the place on MTV and whatnot. Thinking back back to that and like the like stuff I think where I first became aware of Janet Jackson was the acting in the movies and stuff. Because I think when I was really watching MTV, I think there was like Poetic Justice was out. Right. That movie. And then I think later on, like one of the first like movie dates I went to was actually the Nutty Professor like sequel that she was oh, in. Oh, yeah. We watched that not too long ago, and I was like, fuck, I almost forgot Janet was in this, you know? I think she had a song for the movie, too, didn't she? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I had heard her songs later, but I think what really kind of stood out to me, too, was like a greatest hits that either my mom or aunt had, like the design of a decade. Oh, yeah. I really dove into that, and I'm like, man, she does have some good songs. That's oh, kind of yeah, what made dude. me kind of reevaluate. The fucker's in my car right now. Like, I, man, honestly, like, after the show, like, I was still riding a fucking high on those songs, though. Like, I had to put the CD in my car yeah. and was, like, <laughs> cruising every day to work and back, like, listening to, to that Greatest Hits CD and everything. And so we, we decided to do only a top five. Yeah, which was my thing because... As much as I like Janet Jackson, I don't know if I really have a lot of like attachment to songs. Right. So it would probably, I felt for me personally, like I could come up with a top 10, but it'd be like, well, this is my top 10. And that's all <laughs> I would have to really say about it. We would have had just other shit to talk about. In yeah, but I figured song. we'd have stuff to talk about, like the uh, shows yeah. that we went to. Yeah. So, so that would kind of fill the. the yeah, gap. no, I mean, so kind of made a top 10 anyhow. So I don't really want to read my five that didn't make the list until after the fact, because I don't really want to give away, like, what didn't make the list. You narrow it down to, like, five Janet Jackson songs, and it's so easy to, like, I'll say two that aren't on my list. And yeah. it's like, well, he don't have those two, so it's got to be, you know. I still had one that I thought was on my list, and then when I sat down to make notes, I'm like, wait, well, that's not on there, but Yeah, oh, and well. I'm, like, looking at my list now and want to change it, because I kept going back and forth. It was really hard to make a list and get like too deep into deep cuts because there's plenty of songs on these albums that I really dig. Yeah, like I could have just done all of Rhythm Nation, but I was like, well, there are some other stuff, but I mean, I don't know. I know. Dude, I mean, um, I was basically just like, if I close my eyes and I go, okay, what Janet Jackson songs come to mind? Boom. And then I just wrote them down. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like my list is so fucking generic, but what do you do? <laughs> I mean, like, well, then start it off. A great song is a great song. Yeah. And so my number five, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to name two songs because these were the two I was going back and forth on. Yeah, what's your list? I was going back and forth between Nasty and If. Oh, okay. And I just ended up going with Nasty because I feel like... I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's like whatever mood I'm in. The mood I was in yesterday when I finalized that spot, because I always wait to the last minute to finalize that last spot, you know? I just was feeling that song more. I was more into Mm. kind of the more rock side of Janet, I guess, you know, that day. So I dropped If off my list, and now I'm second-guessing it. Like, maybe my number five spot should have been If. Like, it's a really cool song, and... See, I almost thought about having If. It's not on my list, but I was kind of like, well... The music's kind of cool, but I mean, like, it's not something that, like, really pops in my head or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't have, like, yeah, like, the attachment to it. I mean, yeah. it's a cool song. And then... Sexy as shit. Probably yeah, like, I'd move on. She was hotter than ever in that video. It was like, what the fuck? How did she just get like that? Like, she went from being like, oh, you know, she was sexy. Rhythm Nation era and everything. 
But then it was like that self-titled album came out and that song dropped and it was like, whoa, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like It was kind of like I what? I suddenly like, hit puberty. In the 90s, it would be the same as like Madonna, right? They tried to shed the like the pop image and go for the adult image. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to sum that up. And dude, and she kind of yeah, she kind of did the same. Great playing on that record too. If you just listen to just the fucking bass parts and shit, that record and Velvet Rope, like man, from a musician standpoint, like there's just a lot of really great playing on those fucking songs. It's kind of like not to go totally off a tangent, but I thought of the Madonna thing because it's hard not to kind of compare because they both had like pop hits and then kind of the adult thing. And there was like the what bedtime stories in there, and I kind of like that almost more. Then that almost holds up to me more than some of the 80s, you know, the heyday pop stuff. I'm just trying to adapt to the 90s and update right. your image and sound and stuff. Yeah, but so, I mean, I went with Nasty because it was like, you know, at the end of the day, dude, that's like one song that, like you said, if you just closed your eyes and picked five fucking songs that first pop in your head, like, that's probably one of them. The only nasty thing I love is the nasty and then also like that was a point in the show where you know she's got all these songs everybody's into it but then she plays nasty and everybody's like the crowd gets way louder yeah like, they're more into it i think that maybe that influenced some of my choices on this I almost wanted to have Nasty for one reason, just because it reminds me of a simpler time in music, because like the lyrics, she's like, yeah, that nasty food. It so seemed like back in the day, they rapped or did songs just about something kind of like more innocent or simple or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah, that was before she got, you know, too sexy, right? <laughs> writing songs that were dirty, because I mean, did she yeah. wrote some dirty ass shit? You know, you kind of forget that when you don't listen yeah. to it for a while, and you just remember stuff that was on the radio but what was your number five my number five is from the self-title or um just the janet album and it's that's the way love goes yeah because i kind of like it like to me it's very hypnotic At least the first part, too. That's the way love goes. But it almost kind of sounds like it's got like a R&B sound, too. On right. the, Even that whole album, too. It's kind of like a throwback, yeah. but modern at the same time. Right. Like, it was a real good blend. Yeah, it definitely went like old school R&B and kind of funk elements, yeah. too. And I mean, like, I did just the... Yeah, there's almost like... I'm going to keep doing that. I meant to look it up, but it almost sounds like I couldn't really place any songs, but it almost sounds like some of the samples or the beats, they kind of sample the rhythm of like a Smokey Robinson or like the Supremes mm. or something. There's almost kind of like that, but then you got these beats over it right. and it kind of takes it to a new level. I like it. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you had that because I didn't, it didn't even make the cut for my top 10. Good pick, man. So yeah, that's all I got for my number five. That's the way love goes. That's the way. That's the way. <laughs> That's the way love goes. It's kind of funny because I always normally say that like my top three, two or three is usually interchangeable. Like there's not really a number one. And I feel like now that I'm looking at this list, it's like my top four are absolutely all on the same I, level. They just got something. yeah. It's like yeah. So this song is my number four pick, but it could have easily been my number one from Rhythm Nation, and it like probably was the most played 
back in the day, I was probably burned out on it when it was in its heyday because you hmm. you would see this video every fucking time you turned around, and it was Escapade. Oh, oh, well, that's on my list. Well, good. And so I'll just, I'll figured... just throw it out there now. That was my number three, and like all I really have to say about that is Escapade. It had to make my list because it seems like it's her most danceable pop oh, yeah. song. There's like. Sure, she has a lot of those on every album, but this seems to be, like, the perfect one. Well, it's such a feel-good fucking song, yeah. dude. So, yeah. I feel like when I drive down the road and I'm cranking it, I feel like I probably should be, like, a super white suburban soccer mom. <laughs> yeah. Driving in, like, a fucking Jeep with the doors off. You know, and I'm just doing this with Take my head. Take you on an escapade. Baby, let's go! And, dude, honestly, that was probably live the the song that got the biggest response like see yeah that's our point right so there, i mean yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with that shit. You had, I've never seen a crowd this big. It was oversold for sure. I mean, it was beyond sold out. And this song kicks in and the place goes fucking crazy. That many people can't be fucking wrong. I don't Ape know. shit soccer moms. Ape shit soccer moms. It was so, you know you're going to get like a diverse crowd, right? That's yeah. the cool thing about seeing an artist like Janet. There just was no one demographic there, man. It was just like... As many white people as black people, as many men as women. Oh, like oh, it wasn't awesome. like it was like, yeah, any one, and that's yeah. it. Like it was so diverse. Like that really speaks to how much she holds up yeah. as an artist after all these years, and that big of a deal to that many different kinds of people: gay, straight, black, white, whatever. It was like probably literally equal amount of all those. Oh, awesome! All in one fucking giant fucking field, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking to, I guess the. Uh, lawn seats when i say field it's probably the same in the seats too but i mean dude yeah. it's just like okay yeah you just turn off the world and, and enjoy like, the wouldn't music it just be easier if just everything was a janet J- jackson concert we'd probably all fucking get along yeah a lot better, dude. you know anyhow now that i've cheesed out on whatever kind of statement yeah. i was trying to make there <laughs> i don't well, know Well, that's actually what i liked uh, too about seeing fleetwood mac because this is going back 10 years to like 2013 so I've seen way more concerts, yeah, in the last 10 years than I saw prior to 2013. Most of them were, yeah, like rock shows or at the fair or whatever. But this was at the United Center, and I saw Fleetwood Mac. And it was kind of the same thing, to your point, about Janet Jackson and how there's so many different like age groups there. And even in the row I was in, I went by myself because the tickets were expensive, and I didn't think anybody would want to go pay those prices. But... In the row I was in, there was a bunch of, like, moms, like, middle-aged, maybe soccer moms. But then, like, next to me was an older couple who were, like, maybe, like, my grandparents' age. And then walking in, there was people bringing their kids in. So it's like, it was like, whoa, seeing all these different age groups was just cool. And everybody, you know, getting into the music, like you said. Nothing else matters, man. Yeah. Not to quote Metallica. So we both had Escapade. Do you want me to go again, or do you want to... Yeah, I had That's the Way Love Goes. You had Nasty. We both had Escapade. So maybe I should go again. Yeah. My number four, because three was Escapade. So my number four is the one that we quoted already earlier. What have you done for me lately? Well, that's pretty funny because that's my number three. So see, oh, we shit. So, so we're kind of all yeah. in sync or something. And not in sync the band, but. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. Well, to be thankful for the little things, but 
The thing that put it over the top for me is that intro, because like I said, for the longest time, I had just listened to the deck design of a decade. You were going to say decade of decadence. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so like I had only heard like the radio edits or whatever that they fit onto right. the Greatest Hits CD. So then flash forward years later, more recently, I got the Control album and heard that part at the beginning. I'm like, oh my God, this just makes that song even better because oh, yeah. of the kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of Oh yeah, thing. back to just like the innocent type yeah. of... It's kind of like the Sir Mix-a-Lot, the Becky thing yeah. at the beginning too. Right. Yeah, so yeah, that makes me like it even more. It is fun, man. That's yeah. I mean, that's one of my... That would be hard to not put at number one. I mean, it's just a great fucking song, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that I didn't like that album as much front to back back then. Yeah. I think at this point, I enjoy that record more than I did because I think it was just so overshadowed. Like Because, I mean, I was so young when it came out. Rhythm Nation was out by the time I was really paying that much attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is overshadowed control. I don't think I appreciated that as a whole album as much as I do now. Same, yeah. Even then, too, something that kind of dawned on me going back and like really diving into these songs, her thing was really all about empowerment. Oh, yeah. Well, and it really took over on, obviously, the Rhythm Nation. But that one, it seems like that song, she just didn't take any shit. There was a documentary on her that came out last year, oh, I wow. think. Pretty good, yeah. And I mean, she talks about that because, like, that was you know, the first two albums came out. Again, I just speak and shoot from the hip. I didn't brush up on any details. Yeah. I didn't read up on anything to make sure I remembered things correctly prior to this episode. So I'm just gonna say it anyhow. Or what's that? Drunk can, history. People, Brent, yeah. his, Brent history. People can <laughs> fucking correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the whole story was her dad was her manager. Yeah. She starts out. She puts out the two records. They don't really do shit. You know. Old Joe, everybody kind of knows that he was kind of a prick. They all had to fire him eventually. So anyhow, she fired her dad as her manager. And then, so I think that that was the whole thing was like, this record control was supposed to be like her doing it her way. Like, fuck it, I'm not going to do it the way they've been trying to fucking make me do it before. This is going to be on my terms. I'm going to make the record I want to make. And then it fucking worked because she blew up. I mean, it was a great fucking record. I don't, those first two albums are forgettable. I've probably listened to them each once. I mean, they're just there's some catchy stuff on there and everything, but nothing like nothing like what fucking came out after. I mean, shoot, you just remind me like the Free Britney stuff. Well, it was a Free Janet before then. She was the originator. Yeah, she good on her because mm. man, I'd hate to think like if those later records didn't fucking exist. You know? Yeah, they helped me navigate through you know my my world and my troubles coming up as a young black woman myself i learned a lot <laughs> i was her. born a poor black boy or whatever i was born a poor black child steve martin fuck yeah the jerk the jerk <laughs> is still my favorite fucking comedy ever dude it is ever. it's up there it's a it's top five for sure because now i'm saying that out loud and i'm like i don't know the original national lampoon's uh vacation is mm-hmm. up there too man those two movies are fucking gold i could watch them any day of the week <laughs> if you were like, hey, you just want to cancel the cookout and watch those two movies back to back, I'd have a hard time saying, no, we should probably still have the cookout. I cooked the brisket. Who says we can't do both? That's true. <laughs> That's true. I don't know where the fuck we're at. I've got two left. My number two. Yeah, and number I got one. two left because so. we've tied again. So I don't know. You want me to go this time? Sure. So my number two is probably, arguably, the sexiest video she ever did. Hmm. 
I don't know, I won't get too far into it, I'm gonna sound like a creep, but goddamn, this might have been the point where I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's like that? Love will never do. I love that song anyhow, but I mean, I will honestly say as a kid, like when it came out, I wasn't that big of a fan of the song, but I think it's mostly because I couldn't take my eyes off of her the whole time I'm watching the video. Right. Yeah, so you just I got it like, burned in your brain. Cause what are you going to do? Like you're a perverted little kid. You're watching this extremely good looking woman, you know, yeah. frolicking on the beach with this dude that I wished I was him. And you know, this is how things work when you're a kid. So everybody can laugh and make fun of me, but we all did this. We all, you know, crushed on somebody and had these fantasies <laughs> when we were kids. So fucking stop judging me. But anyhow, later, I would say like when this album came out, it was like out of all the singles, especially, it was probably one of my least favorites. Mm -hmm. But now it's one of my favorites, hands down. I mean, it's just such a great fucking song. I don't know why, but it just, I don't have any, uh, I don't know. I like, I don't have a fucking reason other than like, sometimes you just really, really like a song. It's not like the lyrics speak to me or it's a great song, man. Like that was one that barely made the cut. Or whatever, because as I said, like I just kind of did the thing where I'm going to close my eyes and just pick five songs that come to my head. But yeah. then when I was kind of like actually writing them down, I'm like, wait, why didn't I have that song? Because at first, I thought the song was just kind of okay, but then I looked up something and how it's almost like there's a verse and then there's another verse, and it sounds like there might be two different singers in the song. She actually did a both verses. That's her singing, but they tried to make it more sound like a dude or some kind of deeper voice yeah. or something. Or maybe I'm making that up on my know. own, but they almost kind of did. I think she just kind of changed her voice or something to make it sound like two different singers. I don't know. I'm trying to get it in my head now, but all I can hear, there's like just one part I can hear that's just repeating in my head. So, which, yeah, you know, speaking true. of, like, that's been the other thing, like, since seeing her live, it's like, dude, I've woken up every morning with a fucking song in my head. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even kidding, dude. Like, it's just fucking yeah. crazy. <laughs> I don't like, I wake yeah. up and it's just a song is playing in my head and it's one of those. I mean, well, that's the sign of a good concert because I've had that before. There's some where they're good shows, but then there's some where they're like, really good shows where you wake up and you almost have this concert high that you still have to oh, come yeah. down from and you're just replaying it in your head the ugly kid joe show i had that for sure like i woke up the next day i mean fuck what we got home at like one in the morning yeah and i was you know courtney's alarm went off at six forty-five. i took the day off of work anyhow but i didn't even i didn't drink a ton but and i was kind of riding like a fucking high that whole morning like just fuck yeah, good show. Yeah, like I wanted to fucking yeah. play a show. I wanted to put a band back together and go fucking book mm -hmm. a show and play. And by the time the show would come around, I wouldn't probably even want to fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in that moment, that's what I really wanted to do. So, yeah, man, that's my number two. What's your number two? Well, my number two is going back to my other point. My number two is the title track from Control. This really sounds like, I don't know, like, I likened it to like businesses or companies having like a mission statement 
This is her mission statement or her manifesto. Now I'm all grown up. I'm taking control and shit. Because, yeah, like you said, it is true. Like, her first two albums, she was controlled by her dad. And then I did read something where she kind of basically went to the head of her record label and kind of, I don't know, befriended him and got the producer she wanted, that Jimmy Jam and, like, Terry Lewis. And boom, they did the whole, whole like, next few albums and stuff. So she did the album she wanted, and then, like you said, she blew up. So, yeah, yeah. she could have had a whole different career if she hadn't taken the reins of her own career. Good move. Good yeah. move, Janet. Yeah, dude. If you need me to, you know, tell you. You did the right thing, Janet. Yeah. So, kudos. <laughs> In this song, Howie said, I don't have a total, whole bunch of attachments, but there was something, I think there was something where you posted like a, a Janet Jackson album, like, you know, sometimes you post whatever record you're listening mm-hmm. to on Instagram. Well, the same day, I was listening to Janet in the car with Kelly, and she started singing along to Control, and she goes, Control! And she was doing like a, or something like that. So then that was just kind of funny, and then we saw that you had posted the same thing, so it's like we were listening to the same album and getting into it, but yeah. We just knew, man. Yeah, we're on the same wavelength, even when we're not together. Yeah, that's weird, dude. We probably need to look into that. Yeah. Get counseling. (laughs) I think maybe we're spending too much time together. Or that's why we're good podcast partners, you know. That's, there you go. Hills to the, yeah, well, I guess, should I move on to my number one? Yeah. Hmm. Dude, I think we're going to have the same number one, I bet. I bet we don't. I, I, I bet, bet we do. I bet you think what my number one is, and you're wrong. I bet everybody expected my number one to be one thing and not the other. Mm-hmm. My number one is Miss You Much. Oh. Yeah, see? See? Gotcha. I gotcha. A little bit of a fucking Is surprise. Is that the end? Yeah. That was the only reason why. I just wanted oh. to talk about that. No, I, <laughs> I really do. I mean, that song just, that's another one where I think that one just grew on me with time to where I love it more and more every day, you know? I don't know. Like, I can just always put that on. And Is that one you woke up to or something that was in your head? <laughs> it is now. I don't know. Yeah, it probably was one day. Yeah, that one, when it gets in my head, it, does, it doesn't fucking leave for a while. So I think that's why I had to put it at my number one, because it's just like, it's catchy as fuck. Like, it's just like that whole rhythm that, you know. Yeah. You just doing that, you know, making beatbox noise and like moving your head made me think of when you were saying something like getting songs in your head. And didn't you do that with Michael Jackson where you're like, now I'm making dinner. Now I'm making dinner. Oh, yeah. You said that about. I want to be starting supper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have done that many times where I'll be like in some weird mood and I'm cooking, making dinner. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, gonna be cooking supper, got to be making supper. Like some stupid shit. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I'm dumb. My kids though, I mean. No, dude, sometimes you just get a song in your head and you just got to go yeah, with it. I mean, Dahlia so. used to think that shit was funny. Not anymore. She's 12. Mm. Thinks everything I say is stupid. Mm. None of my jokes are funny. Harry sometimes still laughs at me. Mostly just when I fart, but he's just at that age where he thinks farting and burping's hilarious. Yeah. So that's really my only way to connect with him now. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, it's kind of like me and Kelly. Like, I guess like it's become something where when I do something and I think it's funny, like I would think that that's funny. Singing and dancing and doing something in the kitchen would be funny. And she's like, what are you doing? But then if I say something and I don't think it's funny, she thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. So, hmm. so I don't know. I guess... Can't know. win with these women, I tell you. Jeez. Yeah, it's like always opposite day. Yeah, well, we think we're funnier than we probably are, yeah. first of all. I mean, I know I do. I think, <laughs> I think I'm a fucking hoot, but... See? See, so do I, too. Plenty, I think <laughs> plenty of people just don't get my sense of humor. I say shit at work all the time, where it's like, Jesus Christ, you think I just dropped like a racial slur. Yeah. The way the looks I get, you know, I just... And I didn't. I'm not saying that, yeah. uh, that I made a racist joke. I'm just saying I make some stupid joke. Just like I have my own stupid sense of humor, and I just, or get, just went and I just get head, looks maybe. where it's just like, what the fuck did you just say? And it's like, what? It wasn't wasn't even anything bad. Yeah. Like you didn't find that funny, and I was just like, yeah, they just don't get it. Like I'm not sure why I compared that to a racist joke. I mean, I've never like been. What's well, one of those things where people are like, huh? Yeah, yeah, like just look at you like you're stupid, kind of like, or like that, or just they yeah. just start talking about the next thing. Like, well, anyhow, so. uh <laughs> Just move on and skip yeah. my joke. Yeah. It's like, I, whatever. Fuck you guys. It was funny. You yeah, know? like you farted in church. Anyhow, I don't, mm. know. I don't know what the point of that whole fucking rant was. I already forgot where we're at. We're on your number one. Well, my number one is what I thought would be your number one and what you <coughs> said that you thought that people thought would be what they thought what you thought. I think. And it is Black Cat. Black Cat. Man, I don't understand your ways. Living Yeah, that it'd be probably, my top ten, I would say. But yeah, well, I don't know. I think I connected with it because at first, because it was the most rock song right. of her stuff, and then obviously I explored oh, yeah. more other stuff, you know. Right. But then I keep going back to that. It's cool. It's got a really good like groove to it. I mean, I do. I still love that song. Yeah. I'm not trying to even take anything yeah. away from it by not having it in my top five. Because it was, to me, like, yeah, I was into, I was getting into, like, Poison and Motley Crue and bands like that around that time, and so, like... Yeah, she kind of crossed genres yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was totally, like, what made me a fan, if I have to be honest. Like, yeah. it's probably the point where it was like, all right, fuck it. She won me over at that point, you know? So, uh, in fact, I'm sure that's the reason that, like, my uncle bought me Rhythm Nation, you know? And I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. I like black. And at that time, I was probably just like, trying to be like more rockerish and be like yeah i like black cat i don't know about the rest of the songs though i guess they're okay but <laughs> you know so as you get older and try to not listen to pop and try to not like it during my rock days or whatever yeah. it was still cool to listen to black cat you know so i mean because it used to be i guess in my teenage years i would call janet jackson a guilty pleasure but now as an adult it's like no fuck that like it's yeah. just i'm a fan yeah i'll fucking i was bummed i didn't get a t-shirt at the show i stood in line and was like looking at them all and i'm like dude these all look like chick shirts like i just don't think any of them would have fit me right yeah but then at the same time like if you're saying it was oversold the lines would have been like just massive yeah it wasn't too crazy at that time because she was still playing she had come back out for her together again encore and i was like dude we can just leave like i don't need to hear the song like i would rather just skip one song than fucking try to leave when everybody else is leaving but Anyhow, and she didn't play Black Hat. She only did like a snippet of it, like one fucking chorus in the middle of Scream. 
Huh. Kind of bummed me out. But no, it's a great song. Nuno Betancourt. Yeah, see, I actually looked that up today because I was looking at something, and apparently he only played on the radio mix. <coughs> he didn't play on the album. Right, yeah, there's the uh, yeah. the other version. I think it's on de- uh, Design of a Decade or whatever. Decade of Decadence. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that version's on there. And then the- uh, Yeah, and then I saw something where Dave Navarro, it said he did something on the Rock With You tour or something like that. Like he, I don't know if he played with her, but they had a video of him on the screen or something too, so. Hmm. Yeah, well, um, dude, because there's like a, that whole EP that was like a, well, that was the black hat single i think but it had like five fucking different mixes of that song oh yeah so great song yeah Yeah. dude it was painful to not put it in my top five you know because it was kind of like well this is the. that's the way you're like damn it andy no well i felt more confident leaving it off the list because i was sure you'd probably have it on there and we'd talk about it anyhow too so because i want to give it its props of being like the fucking it was like my gateway drug kind of right and one silly thing I like about the song is back in the day, a lot of pro wrestlers, they would use rock songs when they came out to the ring. And uh, way back in the day, like one guy, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, had the thing that the Chicago Bulls used, that Alan Parson Project song. So they used like real songs, but then they had songs that were made up or something just specifically for that wrestler. And then there were a few of these entrance music songs that they had that were straight ripoffs of pop songs and one wrestler ravishing rick rude he actually used black cat it was just a basic almost like dun 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 like that cowbell or something oh, yeah. hit thing it was the same beat when he came out but yeah so here's a fun fact i just thought of this yeah i don't know why that story reminded me of this but when i was in high school it would have been my senior year we had like a talent show thing because then we later had a battle of the bands for the talent show, me and my brother just did like a medley of a bunch of songs. Oh, yeah. So we just like put together a medley that had like fucking Sabbath and Metallica and just tons of shit. I don't even remember everything that was in it. I think Skid Row was even in it. Hmm. But yeah, we went into Black Hat in the middle of it. Like, Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was kind of cool that, yeah, just reminded me of that. So there, that was fuck, dude. I was 17 years old oh, and uh, playing a little snippet of Black Hat you know, at my fucking uh, high school talent show, so. And some people probably wouldn't even notice. They might think it's just a rock song, but then you probably have the people that are like, isn't that Janet Jackson almost like scratching their head? Right. Yeah. When I was young and not that great of a guitar player at the time, so who knows how well I played it, but I can't really remember back to it too much. Oh, well, in your head it was cool, Oh, in my head I was fucking, yeah, I was the shit. I was Nuno, you know? Yeah. Like, (laughs) I know I didn't play the solo at all, yeah, no, a good time, man. It was a good memory. But yeah, so I mean, there were just so many great songs to like try to make even a top 10 yeah. was tough. And I mean, I think I mentioned that like If, that was going back and forth. Yeah. There was a song called Go Deep that I fucking love that song. It just like, I don't know, that's one where it's like the bass groove and everything on it just, I don't know, makes me just, I don't know, go deep. <laughs> it just makes me want to go deep. No, that's weird to say. Come on. And then. You know, obviously, Black Hat, like we talked about, that was kind of on I like my that Runaway list. one. That's Runaway, on the design the, of yep. a decade, decade of decadence. Design. Decade, design of decade of decadence. Design of decadence. Um, <laughs> no, that's a great song. That almost made my list. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know, though. Is it really better than these other songs? It's yeah. like, fuck, what do you do, you know? And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great songs, though, man. Like, Rope Burn's fucking awesome. Again, this is a fucking great ballad. Like, every time. 
that was the ballad that was on Velvet Rope. Uh, yeah, see, that's the thing is like there's some that I I like, but then I don't know if I love them. So right. so that was where I was trying to distinguish it. And there's really like some of her later albums. I guess I haven't gotten super into like Unbreakable. I probably never listened to that more than one time. I probably just listened to it like once. Didn't she have one that it was just titled whatever year it came out, like 2020 or some shit? Yeah, I think or so. something like that. That one. I don't think I ever listened to uh, Beyond One Listen. Demita Joe actually has some really good stuff on it. The title track's cool. She opened with that, with Demita Joe. There's a song, the second song on that album, I think, Sexhibition or whatever. <laughs> it's cool. It's Dude, it's such a cheesy fucking title, but I like that song. Like, it's just, that album's got a few like that. that I think that album got a little bit more modern, but it worked for her. Whereas I think, like, Discipline kind of was more modern, but... I didn't like it as much. I don't know. It had okay. It had some cool songs on it, but yeah, I, yeah. I feel like Demita Joe. That album worked better for the, like that modernized crossover thing, and you know the uh, "What You Got Till It's Gone" that samples the oh, fucking yeah, Carly yeah. Simon song. Yeah, and uh, that song's really fucking cool. That one I had a hard time not putting that on my list. Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I could go on forever, and it's probably already been going on forever so maybe i should shut the fuck up and we should wrap it up <laughs> so well thanks for listening people yeah it's been fun it's been a good hang andy i was glad yeah. we got to talk about my girl though she don't know if she's my girl but she is <laughs> janet i love you one day you will be mine <laughs> i'm just kidding that's fucking weird <laughs> anyhow thanks for listening yeah thanks for hanging is this the end <laughs> i was waiting for it <laughs>